Hey everybody, welcome to Best Show Best, the best of the best show. And you can find out more about The Best Show over at thebestshow.net. It airs live every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Standard Time. And if you're new to the program, this show, are uh, these are little bite-sized bits and greatest hits type samples of what we do every week. So if you like this, maybe you check out the full show. And if you want to support The Best Show... We have a Patreon set up over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. That is how you support the program. It is listener-sponsored now, and you give what you can, and we appreciate it. And there are prizes and benefits at all different levels of giving. So again, go to patreon.com slash thebestshow and support the show. And now please, without further ado, check out this episode of Best Show Best. through. 
Should I do another one? Do yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Wash your face and go to bed In a room that's gold and red And filled with heirlooms Undo your hair and your hooks Put your nose back in your book Slide into your costume Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. If you wanna, do you wanna do one more, or do you wanna take a break and chat? Um, if uh, if Tom wants me to do another, I do another one, or we can talk. I'm, I'm fair game. <laughs> I'm here at the. I serve at the pleasure of the people and Tom. Let's do one more. Right. And if Tom's still not back, well, I'm gonna bring Mike in. All right. To chat with you. That's okay. Your house, it was shining like a diamond ring. 
Show. Mike, do you want to come in here? Ah, look at that. I can run. Oh, there's Tom. Okay. I thought I was going to take things over. But, uh, okay. Sorry, now you got your shot. I, uh, I'll, uh, he was laughing maniacally, talking about his plans for the show. No, I never said that. I never said any of that. That's all. Uh, you tried. Thank you, Jason Dudio, the dude who built the studio. Greg Cartwright, you're so amazing. Tom, you're amazing. I know. Uh, I feel lucky to be here with you. I'm. Uh, I'm merely a mirror reflecting your amazingness <laughs> back at yourself. That's how it goes. Do you want to have a seat? I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna set this guitar down yeah, yeah. and go over to the other mic real quick. Please, take your time. Take your time. Gotcha. Yep. All right. How oh, can you do it? Look, it's like an obstacle. It's like an episode of Double Dare. <laughs> obstacle course. You're getting there. Now, Greg Card, right? Yes. Sometimes there's some stuff that you just gotta. Sort out. And it's not going to wait, Tom. No, it doesn't you wait. you got to go to it. You have to go to it. It don't come to you. And, uh, yeah. Is it, uh, is it, is it going my way? No, it's not. Yeah. I just, uh, threw my phone across the, uh, studio. You should have seen, uh, AP Mike's face. He looked scared, like, like, uh, when, uh, daddy was, uh, right. Daddy came on a rager. Yeah, comes home a little, yeah, a little late, a little hot. Yeah, yeah. Daddy's <laughs> coming in a little hot. Coming tonight. in hot. Yeah, <laughs> Daddy's coming in hot. Look out, look out, kids. Daddy's coming in hot. Like the five minute, like you get the alert. Yeah, Daddy's running hot tonight, kids. Yeah, beware. Put your uh, army helmets on. <laughs> Watch out for flying phones. Because <laughs> here comes Daddy. You know what I've been thinking lately, like. People like you and mm-hmm. me, like, you know, 
we're creative people. That's how we, you know, try to earn our living. Yeah. Being creative, being mm-hmm. trying to reflect what's going on. Yeah. In the world. Uh, and so then especially when you have kind of life events come that just drive you crazy, like in the middle of all this stuff that's going on right now, it's just so mm-hmm. hard to know. Right? How to, re- how, how do I do my job? How do, how do I be a creative person? You know what? You, it's that thing where, cause you need to do it without it turning into a thing about everything but the thing you want to do that puts you there and makes, lets you do the thing that, that you can do that maybe not everybody else can do. Right. It's very hard. It's a hard, it's hard to do it in the real world. Not in, we're not in a bubble. We're not in a vacuum. We no. have to do it in the face of real stuff. Like what's a hard thing when you've gone and done a show, Greg, where you've just been like walking on stage and you're just like, Oh, this other thing is happening and I can't think about this right now, but you just do it, right? Well, exactly. You've had those nights. Yeah, I have. And you just gotta try to get your head inside of the place where you can connect with the people mm-hmm. and you push the other stuff out for a little bit. Yeah. But it's, but that is not an easy task, it's man. It's hard. And sometimes you feel like you're just, you, you, you're not, you're not phoning it in. No. Cause you're concentrating on it. You're actively trying to push this other crap out of your way. Mm-hmm. So you can get to the thing. Yeah. The connection yeah. that you want. Right. And it is not easy. It is not easy. But right. you know what is, is also not easy is, uh, being super talented, but you make it look easy. Nah, nah. You're so good. Nah. Hey, okay. you see me up on stage. I'm all squinting and everything. I make it look, I make it look more difficult. <laughs> So you're, so you're raising the level of difficulty by just, you need to like, if I look like, if I if look I'm, like I'm physically in pain. Yeah. Then they'll be like, I can't do that. Yeah. Look at what the, I, look how he's that. channeling that yeah. stuff. It's t- torture. Look at the pain he's in. I can't go to that, to those depths. Yeah, no. With this. Entertainment's not worth it. Yeah. No. no. I'll stay here in the audience. And then meanwhile, Where you're just, safe. meanwhile, you're like, I think I'm, I think I'm squinting enough yeah, tonight. I think this I got them. Yeah, I got them. Kind of, they're not going to try this. <laughs> like, don't try this yeah, at home. Don't try it at home. <laughs> but you, uh, raining sound has been a, a, an active concern for. Is this is this like 15 years now for yeah, raining sound? That sounds about right. Right. Yeah, it's think, really. Yeah. That sounds about right. Actually. Yeah. That was uh, the band first got together in Memphis and. Um, and then when I moved, there were some lineup changes and then, uh, you know, probably about, I've been playing with the, the current lineup with Dave and all the guys uh, from Brooklyn, from, um, the Javons for probably six or seven years now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. And we've been having a great time still doing stuff. I'm working on some other projects now as well, but, mm-hmm. um, I can't imagine that raining sound is going to go anywhere anytime soon because, uh, man, traveling with those guys is like, it's like going out on the road with the Beatles, like hard days night. Like, I mean, Uh it's just like constant, uh, gags and ribbing each other and like, Mm -hmm. and it's, and I'm, me and Dave are like the two old guys who just sit and watch it all. So it's everybody doing, we're the guys at the movie. Mm -hmm. You're the guys (laughs) at the movie while. Well, the Javons are the Beatles. They're the other <laughs> Beatles, yes. They're putting on the show for you. Yes. Cause you, yeah, you've, the, the lineup of Rain and Sound has kind of changed over the years mm-hmm. and 
But you did last year at, at Goner Fest, you actually had a thing where you played with the original, the, the original lineup. We did, because they are all, all those guys still live in Memphis. Um, and Greg Robertson actually injured his arm really bad mm-hmm. at one point. And so he can't, Drumming is is difficult for him okay. to do now because he severed some tendons in, in one of the okay. arms. But, you know, what's strange is uh, – or not strange, but it's interesting. He got into curling, the sport. Sure, where you where you kind of shove the disc and then somebody else sweep. Is he a sweeper or a He's a sweeper. Shover? He's huge. I read a whole article online about him since he's gotten into this sport, which is post raining so, sound. He found his calling. So he is a late in life curler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it does actually seem like a sport that you could Yeah. Maybe later on up. down the road. Yeah. Like I'm you, not gonna devote any time to curling right now. Yeah. Later. You're just like I think it's about time I get that broom <laughs> and fulfill my dreams of being a professional curler. Honey, we're moving to Michigan. How much money is there in curling? <laughs> that would be, I, there can't be that much money in curling, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, Canada maybe. Where is it big? Where's, where's that big? It seems at? like it's, it seems like everybody thinks it's big somewhere else. Like in Canada, <laughs> they're probably like, well, no, it's big on the other side of Canada. I think they like it over there. And then you realize it's like, eh, it's not that popular. Cause it's <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. The Olympics. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but curling, uh, so he's gotten into curling now. He's gotten into curling. Sweeping that thing, and it, the tendons work for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that lineup was, was it was amazing to see that version of Raining Sound back again because it was so kind of stripped down. Because it the lineup has kind of grown, and then when you add Dave Amels in with filling out that key, that keyboard sound. Mm-hmm. Now, did you find it's that? different. Yeah. yeah. Did you write to the lineups, or did the lineups... You know, you know what well, I mean? Well, what, what happens is I, I write the songs, um, you know, I just, I, I always write by myself. Mm-hmm. So I write all the material, but then the arranging really comes down to the lineup. Yeah, that's, that's where it really gets, the song kind of becomes catered to the players. Sure. And then they're going to dictate what that's going to be because mm-hmm. they, they have their own dynamic of how they work together and, you know, what, what kind of players they are, what, what, they move closer towards as far as a feel and everything. Mm-hmm. So then we, you know, we definitely tweak the arrangement until it sounds like something that feels natural for the band to play. Yeah. But, but at a point when you, when it's that lineup, are you just kind of like, Oh, this feels like one that would be like good for, for these guys yeah. or one that isn't ready to maybe you don't have a home for yet. Yeah. Like I, conversely, if, if one doesn't feel like that definitely happens as well. Sometimes I write thing, uh, something and I have no, nowhere to put it because mm-hmm. it's feels alien in whichever <laughs> slot I try to mm-hmm. put it into, uh, which was great thing about the parting gifts when that came along, because that was an outlet for something, you know, completely different than the, than the other two bands. Yeah. So. And, and that was the, uh, the group where it was Coco, Jem. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Pony. And Pony. So it's pretty much you <laughs> subsumed the Ets in a bit. Like, it's like the first super group that was just like everyone from this one group and one is guy. in this thing. Because usually people are like, we're going to go do a super group because I want to just get away from these other people. We brought the, them all with yes, us. Their yeah. entire band <laughs> formed form the – it was like you joined the Ets. Basically. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. But then we brought in lots of other people. Yeah, like Gentleman Jesse was. Well, Gentleman Jesse, Jesse came in when we started 
we were thinking about doing another parting gifts record and we had some preliminary get togethers and practices and rehearsals and just swapping songs and everybody talking about kind of what we wanted it to be. And mm-hmm. I thought it'd be really fun to bring in an extra person. And Jesse had always been, um, talking about maybe doing something somewhere down the road and that he was writing songs, but they didn't sound like gentleman Jesse songs. So we invited him to come and it really seemed to round everything out. And, um, we started working on some demos and stuff, but then we, we bailed on the idea of doing another parting gifts record, but some really good things came out of it because Coco's new album came out mm-hmm. and there were some, some of the tracks that we had worked on for that project wound up going into her solo record, which is awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, Jesse and I wound up with a handful of songs that I think we're now going to parlay into another project. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from Jesse in a little bit, right? It's been a while. Since he's been he, busy. He's uh, with he, his he, re- restaurant. Yeah, he and his partner have a restaurant, and he's he's doing that all the time. But he and his wife have come down to Asheville and had some visits, and we've been working on some songs. And I think we're, we're going to try to – our goal is to set up a gig this summer <laughs> and rehearse the song so well that we play the gig well. Uh-huh. And then if that goes if that goes great, then we're going to make a record. Sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds like basic plan. I know someone at Gonerfest, and I can get you a slot. <laughs> I'm not going to make any promises. <laughs> you wield a lot of power. You are going to be playing at one in the afternoon <laughs> on the Saturday at the. Was it Murphy's? Oh yeah, Murphy's. Yep, Murphy's because they do this. This Goner, first of all, Goner Fest is this thing that happens in in Memphis for Goner Records puts it together, which is one of the uh, uh, the the label that that kind of grew out of the the scene you were a part of when it was like because you had the store. Yeah, it was that, my it was my record store when it was Legba Records. Yeah, and then when I moved to North Carolina, I sold the. Or I sold all the back stock mm-hmm. and everything that I had in the store, and they took over the lease because I didn't own the building. Sure. So that was Eric and, and Eric Zach. Eric and Zach. Yeah. And those guys have been – they have really, um, you know, all the momentum, all, all the – you know, all the props and everything go to them because mm-hmm. when I was doing the record store, it was just a record store. Mm-hmm. And what they have now with the festival and the record label and the distribution that they have for so many smaller labels, you know how it was in the, in the eighties and the nineties, you know, putting out a little record or something, trying to get somebody to distribute it and get it, you know, maybe like force exposure. You had like a few little mm-hmm. outlets yeah. and places to go, but I think Goner has really, you know, brought a lot of people together. Yeah. That, that wouldn't have normally found each other. It's really a, a, like the, the hub of a whole world now kind of comes out of, um, Goner Records. It's very true. And, um, but Goner Fest happens in September and it's, um, it's so much fun because all these bands come from all over the place. And then there's a show on a, on Saturday afternoon where at this place, Murphy's, they have an indoor, outdoor th- stage. And then people just run from one to the other, where it's just like, one band's done playing, I'm gonna run inside and see the other band. Yeah. And it's people are running back and forth. Right. And Tom didn't mention, it's, yeah, he said it's September, but it's Memphis, so it's still yeah. 120 so, degrees. Yes. It's still so hot, and you're drenched in sweat, and you're three days in on this thing, and you're just like, 
Let it end. Yeah, just like, do I like music anymore? <laughs> There's that point where you're just like, I don't think I like music anymore. <laughs> like, I think I heard enough to last yeah. me five years. I wonder now. what's going on in the world of curling. Yeah, wonder <laughs> what. Well, that would be the greatest thing if you got the rock and curling thing going the way rock and wrestling in the eighties. Like oh, that'd be huge. Yeah. It'd just be like Greg Cartwright, Rowdy Greg Cartwright, <laughs> raining sack. Yeah, <laughs> playing the rock and curling festival jam. That would be just like the pairing that no one asked for. <laughs> curling fans are just like this is way too loud, and rock fans are like. Why does that guy have a broom out there? And I'm trying to just, I'm trying to watch the band and now I'm watching them from across this guy sweeping in front of a giant, looks like a, looks like some sort of a like, UFO. Yeah, like a UFO or like one of those like, like, uh, mines that would be like those underwater mines is what that thing looks like. Now, hey, Mike, you're a fan of, uh, Greg, right? Yeah. And Mike likes, these are the bands Mike likes. Bruce Springsteen. Grateful Dead. Do you like the Grateful Dead at all? You can say. I was I, just, I, I was just, I just had a conversation about this I, with somebody recently. And no, I think yeah. when I was, uh, about Thank 13, I, 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 the first thing I ever shoplifted was a Grateful Dead cassette mm-hmm. out of a, uh, a mall store. And, and smashing the ice cream cone on his head, that one. <laughs> No, it's the one with the, you know, like the, the skeleton head with the flower petals and stuff. It was like sure. the greatest hits. And I, w- I was running with a bad crowd, Tom. Don't, sure. You know, I would never do that kind of mm-hmm. thing now. Yeah. But anyway. It was, it well, was- I can say this. <laughs> if, if you were shoplifting Grateful Dead cassettes, that would be the weirdest thing ever. Just like, why is this adult? First of all, who's selling Grateful Dead cassettes? And you'd just be like, hey, can you open the case? Yeah. You look at the cassette and then <laughs> To be fair, it was yeah. they had it halfway out of the space. They were the yeah. their two dollar cassettes. Uh-huh. So sure. practically, you know, did What album is that, Mike? Steal Your Face? Uh, uh, oh, nice language, Mike. You know we're doing a radio show here still, Mike, right? <laughs> you understand that we're not one of your filth we're not in the parking lot of a Grateful Dead show where you just curse. Yeah, well, you could say skull, you could say skull blank, Mike. Yeah. Mike has to say the F word. Yeah. I tell but you I, this. I, I, you know what, but this, so I, I, you know, I, all of that and, um, you know, I got it home and did not enjoy it or, and it just wasn't what I thought it was. Yeah. You put I, it on. I, I thought it was going to be something completely different, but it sounds like when you just get down to it, it sounds like if the birds, were playing five different songs at the same time and didn't know what the other guys were playing and didn't know when to stop. Where they're just like, just keep playing until you think you're done playing this song. You guess when you think we're done. I can't, I don't get it. Mike tries it. I had people like, isn't this Oxa Moxa alternate mix? It's like, there's that point where it's like, if it's going to be that hard where you have to find one alternate mix for me to go okay i kind of see how that reminds me of another thing i kind of like it's like no it's not good if i have to go to an alternate mix of a right so mike mike did you see the um the other one the documentary 
Yeah, I think it was on Netflix or something. It That's was the Bob the, Weir. The Bob Weir one. That was actually really good. The, you know, the, 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 all the way through it, I kept waiting, uh, like, you know, towards the end when, you know, they're talking about his wife and everything and they're kind of pretending that they weren't getting together mm-hmm. until, until she was of legal age or something. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> it was one of those whitewash documentaries yeah. where just like, it's like, yeah, he's just such a, I don't know. Th- those ones where he's just always, where like one person, where one person's gone and then the other guy's like, me and Jerry, we were so close there. It's like, well, Jerry's not here now to talk. Yeah, to- he can't tell us. Yeah. But Grateful Dead are terrible. You know, Mike, Mike secretly knows it too. He kind of knows they're <laughs> terrible, but he likes Bruce Springsteen. Are you a fan of Bruce Springsteen? I have a couple favorites. Yeah. Mike's favorite songs are, what's your, what, Mike's favorite albums? He likes the one with, uh, what, Cowboy Pete on it, right? He likes the mo- he likes the new stuff. He only likes the new Bruce Springsteen <laughs> the, stuff. The, the, the most recent. Stuff. Yeah, from 2008 onward is Mike's favorite. Isn't that the scary thing also about making stuff that just there's some point where somebody's gonna just go, yeah, I don't like any of the stuff you do now. I like you a lot, but, I'm not a fan of any of the stuff you're making that you've made. Nothing you're currently making is yeah. any good. Yeah. Yeah. Where, and just like, I'm still here. I'm trying. Like when you think about Bob Dylan, that there's Bob Dylan fans who would be just be like, yeah, I kind of do wish he died on that motorcycle. That'd be pretty. <laughs> That's harsh. You'd be like, yeah, that'd be the perfect cat. Cause then it'd be the perfect catalog. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, he died and then blonde on blonde was the final thing. And like, it's creepy. Yeah. But they would, they would wish that. That's creepy Bob Dylan fans, Mike. You guys are weird. One of your, one of you is weirder than the next. What was that weird, the Dylan thing that came out this year that was all the, the, um, all the live shows and mm-hmm. it's the same set every night. It's like a box set and it's just the same concert over oh, yeah. and over and over again. Like, was it like 65 and 66 or something? Yeah. So it's all the shows he did and he didn't, do anything different at any of them. Same set list. <laughs> I was talking with my buddy Whitney and we were saying, well, why give it a, why, why make it a box set? And cause nobody's going to listen to it, that whole thing. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that kills the joy of a box set. You can't just sit there and it's the same thing. Yeah. Make it a subscription service or something. Like give me one every two months and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll listen yeah. to it. Maybe. Yeah. But just suddenly this giant yeah. brick gets the cinder block gets dropped. With all this Bob Dylan stuff in it. Um, Mike, who's good here? Cause I, I have a topic tonight. Did you, did you ever see the movie John Wick, uh, Greg? What's, what, when's that from? When's it? It's from like four years ago. It's, I'm telling you this. First of all, it's this movie stars Keanu Reeves. It is the, is you take everything about, about a movie that has violence in it. And you boil it down, and this is it, this is the purest version of it. The essence. The essence. Basically, the movie starts. John Wick is a guy. He was a bad. He was like a like a hitman type mob, uh, whatever. Like he was like a gunslinger. He's but it's in present day. So he's he's done with it though. He's done. He's got his wife. He's out of the biz. His wife gets sick and dies. Then he opens the door the next day and there's a, a delivery. It's a, little, it's a little puppy 
and with a note from his wife saying, like, I know I'm gone, but here's a dog you can give love to. And uh, then these these hoodlums, he runs into these hoodlums at a gas station parking lot, and they're just like, how much for your car? Because he's driving like a Camaro or something. And they're like, he's like, the car is not for sale. And then, then they follow him, and then they, like, clonk him over the head with a pipe and then uh, steal his car and kill his dog. So then he wakes up, goes to the into his basement, tears the floor up, the cement floor. All the guns are under there. And then he just comes back. And for the rest of the movie, he hunts down everybody who killed that dog. It's the greatest. It's the purest thing you've ever seen in terms of revenge. And there's a point where somebody's just like, it was just a dog in a car. And he's just like, <laughs> like <laughs> he's shooting everybody. And now there's a sequel coming out on Friday. And I'm turned it like, I've seen John, I look, I have not seen the movie, the movie Lawrence of Arabia. I have not seen in my life. I've not seen. I've seen John Wick probably five times. <laughs> we all have our, <laughs> Things. It's your roadhouse. It's, it might be my roadhouse. <laughs> this might be my roadhouse. Like I showed John Wick to to Terry, my wife, and she was just like, "This might be the most violent movie I've ever seen." She was just like, "She said, is he going to just keep killing people through it?" And I'm just like, "Of course he is. <laughs> like he can't stop now. <laughs> he can't. Like he's not going to hit pause on he's this. He's got nothing to live for, Terry. He's killing everybody." <laughs> Thanks again for listening to Best Show Best. Much thanks to Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Martin Sellis, Brendan McDonald, AP Mike, of course, John Worcester, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Marsha Newmeyer, and uh, yeah, you, the Best Show listener. Thank you. And if you like this, check out the full show every Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to midnight at thebestshow.net. And support the best show, patreon.com slash the best show. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.